0: Hi, you're listening to Stefan Lavera podcast, a show about Bitcoin. So, we talk about stacking sats and regularly accumulating Bitcoin, but I think it's also valuable to think about how are we regularly supporting Bitcoin? Today, we're talking with Matt O'Dell and Ben Price who are starting up this new initiative called Open Sats. It's a new way for Bitcoiners to contribute to supporting Bitcoin and open source development and projects. So we talk about various ideas around this, uh, the structure of it, why they're doing this and why Bitcoin development funding shouldn't merely be a popularity contest. This show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. Swan Bitcoin holds a deep conviction that Bitcoin is the future of money. Swan's aim is to help you maximize your position in this dominant digital monetary network. As a Swan private client, you will have unlimited access to their team, strategic resources and commitment to Bitcoin education. Bitcoin is an asymmetric investment of unparalleled proportions, rapidly becoming the preeminent wealth preservation asset for every individual and institution in the world. An opportunity like this to build and preserve legacy impacting wealth for your family or company will not likely be seen again in our lifetimes. The Swan Private Team stands ready to earn the right to walk alongside you on every step of this journey into the future of money. Learn more at swanbitcoin.com/private. That's swanbitcoin.com/private, or email CEO Corey Clipston directly: corey at swanbitcoin.com. Lend at HODLHODL is a peer-to-peer Bitcoin-backed lending platform so you can lend and borrow crypto globally and anonymously. If you have stablecoins like USDT or others, Lend at HODLHODL is a way to earn extra income. Also, you no longer need to sell your Bitcoin to get some liquidity. Lend at HODLHODL allows you to borrow against your Bitcoin and you will still hold one key in the two of three multi-signature controlling your Bitcoin during that loan period. HODLHODL does not hold your funds. Lend at HODLHODL allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing directly between users with this platform you set your own terms and put up offers depending on how long you want to borrow or lend and the interest rate go to lend.hoddlehoddle.com. are you looking to get involved with mining compass is an online marketplace making it easier for everyone to mine bitcoin compass is the anti-cloud mining option you buy your own asic and and secure hosting at great facilities around the world. So for years, we've heard that mining is only profitable if you're investing tons of money. But with Compass, now everyone can tap into those economies of scale and access reasonably priced hardware and cheap industrial power rates instead of our residential power rates, which may not be competitive. So if you're unsure about how to get started, they've got hardware and hosting bundles. So you don't need advanced technical knowledge, you can get started quickly. So go to compassmining.io and start mining Bitcoin today. Ben and Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Pleasure as always. Awesome. So, uh, Matt, everyone knows you, but Ben, tell us about yourself.
1: Oh, that's a that's a broad question, Stefan. Um, let's see. I uh, I'm uh I guess we'll start kind of um back at childhood. I grew up in North Carolina, <laughs> uh, so I'm a good good Southern boy, I guess. Um, Went to Chapel Hill, so UNC, go Tar Heels. Uh, there's actually quite a few Tar Heels in the space, so that's cool. Um, graduated, uh, studied economics, realized like way after I graduated, it wasn't really learning economics, but kind of like the, the standard public school version, which is very pro-Keynesian. Um, but uh, kind of taught myself how to code after school, um, dove into the, the tech space, did some consulting, did some startup work, and then uh, found Bitcoin. Um, and at that point, uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew it had to be something in the field uh, related to Bitcoin. So kind of like through my through my resume out there to the world, Visa Crypto decided to pick me up, um, worked there for a couple of years and recently left uh, this January to start OpenSats and uh, to create my own startup. So that's a, a very condensed version of what about me. Yeah, cool, cool. So,
0: I mean, OpenSats is a cool idea. And yeah, I wanted to chat with you guys to get your point of view, like, what why are you doing this? What's it all about? So uh, what what was it that made you guys see the need for this Open Sats initiative?
1: I guess I'll, I'll start here. Um, Matt can kind of jump in. I think he was one of the first people I reached out to. Uh, but Back in August of 2020, I think I was playing around with BTC Pay Server and trying to create a... Just like a stupid little website that sold, I think it was just like t-shirts or I can't even remember what I was trying to sell, but I just wanted to donate all the proceeds to core developers. I didn't want to have to worry about taxes or any of that stuff. Um, So I was just going to give everything back and didn't really have anywhere that seemed like a good option to just give to. There was GitHub sponsors. um, So that probably would have been what I used. But at the time I reached out to Matt, reached out to a few other people um, and asked around, like thought maybe I was just like not in the know, uh, but it didn't, there really didn't seem to be any kind of charities or uh, nonprofits that were kind of distributing funds on behalf of people that wanted to donate. Um, And so (laughs) whether it was smart or not, I kind of just decided like, how hard could it be? And um, talked to Matt, uh, reached out to a few other people and decided to spin it up. Let me jump in here. I mean, so Ben
2: reached out. (laughs) Uh, He was like a listener to the podcast, a big fan of your work um complete nim had no idea who he was um 2020 uh he he said exactly what he just told you and at that point it's important to realize we didn't have brink yet and we didn't have hrf yet so there was no 501c3 where you could donate to bitcoin developers um and i turned to him this complete nim i was like it seems like a good idea ben it also seems like a massive regulatory headache. I don't want to fucking deal with it. I will help you in any way I can possibly help you without having to fucking deal with any of that paperwork. I was like, I do not want to deal with any of that paperwork. And then I started talking to Dennis Reimann and we built BitcoinDevList.com so that I didn't have to deal with any regulatory paperwork. Everything's passed, like nothing gets touched by a central entity. It's just their own BTC pay servers and their own GitHub sponsor pages. And what happened was, it quickly became obvious that people wanted a way to give to a managed fund that they could just trust who was in charge there to make appropriate allocation decisions. They wanted a basically like a, a group of, of plebs uh, to be deciding where their donations would go. Um, and they really liked the idea of giving a reoccurring donation. So the idea of giving, you know, $50 a month uh, to a managed fund and having them donate to open source development. Um, and so I, I basically like the market uh, approved of what Ben said. You know, he, they, were, they, they basically demanded OpenSats. Um, and it's just been a long ass road since then. And I'm pretty excited that we're finally launching yeah that's cool so let me fill
0: in some of the context there i think and i've had a similar experience as well in terms of listeners my listeners reaching out to me saying oh hey man i want to donate but who to and and then i might sort of give them a name or two but the reality is if somebody is Interested in Bitcoin, but not necessarily deeply into the into this Bitcoin world, or maybe they're not a technical person. They might look at that list, say BitcoinDevList.com, and not not know who they want to give money to. And so I think uh, that's actually reflected in my own experience uh, with my own listeners reaching out to me on who should I give to and things like that. So I've definitely seen that as well. Um, So. I guess
2: it's overwhelming yeah. and it's it's it turns into a popularity contest there's like one or two devs that get the majority of donations because people get overwhelmed and they just do the obvious ones and then there's a ton of projects that just are hurting for for money and if they just got a little bit of money I would go a really long way yeah right
1: yeah and backing up a little bit credit where credits do I think uh, ironically or funnily or I don't know but it tested my willpower because about a week after I said like screw it I'm going to start this. I think HRF's privacy fund launched. (laughs) I think like a couple months later, Brink launched. And so I was just like, am I just repeating what's in the space? And maybe the answer is yes. I think we have a nice little niche. Um, but Matt, I basically hit up Matt and was just like, is this even worth it? And so he was, he said, you know, we got to distribute, we got to keep everything decentralized, talk to a couple other people in the space. Steve Lee was uh, really influential early on. Um, and you know, we just talked about how, you know, all funding should be uh, distributed. And so he, he gave me a little more willpower to continue pushing because, um, it was a little bit harder than I thought to launch this. And, uh, you know, seeing HRF and Brink and some of the other great organizations in the space come out. It tested my conviction a little bit early on, but uh, luckily Matt was yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think you made the
0: right call. And and as Steve Lee has mentioned, I think actually on my podcast he's mentioned this as well. This idea of having multiple development organizations, it's not just relying on say Blockstream or Chaincode Labs. We've got MIT DCI, LA- MIT DCI. There's individual uh, sponsors and donor people out there. There are exchanges donating. Now we've got HRF. We've got Brink. And now we have OpenSats. So where crypto. Um, and Square Crypto, yeah, sorry, yeah, another big one. Um, and these are all so, relatively
2: recent. It's kind of great that we have all of this, you know, happening so quickly because there is kind of a uh, a scary, vulnerable period, right, where you might only have like one or two while you're bootstrapping. And it's it's to get past that is very important. It seems like we're we're almost past that that hurdle. There was also yeah, another piece yeah.
1: where. I think some you guys touched on if you're maybe not extremely technical or even if you're deep in the weeds, you still might not know exactly who's doing what or who to give to. And I think honestly, I fall into that category, which is why I tried to bring on a bunch of people who are smarter than myself, who can who can help make that direction um, of funds. But I think in my talks with a lot of the exchanges, a lot of the people who I was asking kind of for early funding, one weird niche that I wasn't expecting was um, the fact that they kind of liked an arm's length organization. Because uh, I think, honestly speaking, Bitcoiners can be a little bit controversial uh, and and some uh, more than others are hard to like directly associate your brand name with. Even if you love what the work they're doing, even if they're doing amazing things for the community in the world, um, it might be a little risky to like just give them 100K. And uh, so I think <laughs> I think, you know, having a kind of intermediate organiz- or intermediary organization um, that sits in between and really has no uh, has has no real like conflict of interest or isn't trying to make money in any way, shape or form. We can really just give people um, controversial or not money to do great work. And, and I think that's um, that's an added benefit for a lot of organizations who might have uh, stockholders and shareholders to fleece. Right,
0: right. You're uh, providing a middleman service where actually a middleman service is required in some cases, right? Like People like to attack the idea of middlemen, but in some cases, well, generally speaking, in a free market, if there is a middleman, there's a reason that person exists. There's a reason that person is there. Um, So that's interesting as well. Now, of course, going back a few years, there was some of the earlier drama, which I'm sure people, uh, you know, maybe some of the newer listeners might not be familiar with that. But historically, there was a bit of a concern around this thing called the Bitcoin Foundation. And then in 2018, there was another one. We had another flare up on this similar kind of drama called The Bee, right? And so the concern at that time from the community was something like, these people are claiming to speak for Bitcoin, quote unquote. And, you know, they've got all these influences on their side and etc. Where I think now the environment has shifted because now there are multiple organizations. What do you guys think?
2: So let me just jump in here real quick. Uh, We're very cognizant of... uh that concern. Uh, I remember I was very outspoken against uh, the Bitcoin Foundation, uh, a little bit about the B, but less so. I mean, I think it was definitely a different environment. There's a lot more teams out there doing this kind of work. Um, I think a couple things to be absolutely clear about. Uh, First of all, uh, we have no intention of speaking for Bitcoin. Um, The mission of the actual organization is purely funding open source contributors. So it's actually not only Bitcoin, We will not be funding shitcoiners at all, Um, but we will be funding you know, parallel open source projects that could help Bitcoin, things like secure messaging or like a Tor replacement, stuff like that. Um, so the idea isn't actually necessarily the, the focus, the whole mission isn't just Bitcoin. The mission is basically taking our sats and weaponizing our sats to make the world that we want to see. Um, and I think that this is also something to keep in mind here of how we're different from the other organizations. A lot of these other organizations are more corporate, they're more, more highly focused on Bitcoin we are 100% pass through, we're not taking a cent, no one on our board is getting paid um, any money for this. I mean, you said, like, there's a reason there's a middleman because of a free market, there's no free market here. Um, We're just, you know, we're doing this because it's a it's a very important mission. Um, We have a nine, nine person board um, made up of Bitcoiners that have very strong reputations in the space and all decisions will go through this board. Um, It will be highly transparent so people see what is happening there. And then last but not least, what I think is really cool that that makes us different is that even though we will be accepting credit card donations, which, by the way, Ledger will be sponsoring the processing fees. So we're not even losing the processing fees. If you donate one hundred dollars through credit card, we get the full hundred dollars. All of those proceeds are getting converted into sats as soon as we receive any fiat. So all donations will be held as sats and all grants will be given as sats. Um, so we are very aligned with the community in that respect.
1: So there's a couple of things I want to add. Uh Matt said there's no free market I would argue the opposite like there's absolutely a free market as where you want to send your funds um, is absolutely your choice if if you want to. Um, there is a general fund where you know we've put together a, a great board of Bitcoiners whose whose reputation kind of I think defines them. Um, but there's you know what I hope is that we're we're making little to no decisions. I think a lot of people are going to donate to the general fund. You're completely the,
2: wrong. The general <laughs> fund is going to be the majority.
1: Of yeah, I, I, I'm with Matt. I
0: think it'll be general fund as well. I, but but go on, make your case. Yeah.
1: So I like I hate that idea. I love and This is I think everyone has like a slightly differing opinion on the board, which is why it's healthy. But like I we're, we're building a platform or like my, my initial vision was, um, I guess, to to build a platform. The board would kind of pre-approve vet projects, make sure there's no like shit coinery going on. And as long as you're contributing to a free and open source project like Bitcoin Core or something ancillary that kind of um, supports the, the technology to reach its fullest potential, then you'll get approved to get listed for our site. And, and anyone can directly kind of say... I want to fund this project. Um, And so I'm hoping that's where a lot of kind of donations go through where people pick and choose. And then the board has no say. It's really just, um, you know, if you want to donate to the Tor Foundation and the people working on that, or if you want to donate to BTC Pay Server, or if you really love the idea of Taproot um, or some other kind of, you know, BIP, um, you can you can donate specifically to that. Now, um, you know, again, I think there's going to be a lot of organizations that uh, kind of keep their hands off, are going to rely the board to determine you know where the money might go the furthest and, and I think honestly we've we put together an amazing board um, and then yeah Stefan you mentioned one thing where there's like when there's a middleman there's usually a reason uh, that I think I remember back in like fifth grade or fourth grade my mom always used to make us throw out all our crap to goodwill and um, when I when I learned one day that the the CEO of goodwill which is a charity and um, at least where I grew up, uh, was making like a million dollars a year. I was just so angry. And so like one of the the core things that I started this on was like, it had to be 100% pass through. I didn't want anyone to make any money. Um, you know, I wanted it to be just like completely transparent. And I think there's some other organizations that are doing an amazing job. But we all know, we all know some charities that you know, just takes so much off the top. And so our goal from day one, most importantly, was be a hundred percent pass through. And that was really hard to accomplish, but luckily we've had some amazing sponsors. Um, some people like Silvergate are, you know, waiving all of our banking fees. Other people like River are waving all of our kind of fiat to Bitcoin conversions. Matt mentioned Ledger is picking up, um, you know, fiat uh, credit card processing fees because God knows the banks wouldn't waive those. Um, other than Silvergate, which like shout out to them. That's like, a, you know, they, they did a good job. But, um, you know, luckily, all these people in the space who have made a killing off of Bitcoin and the open source developers that support it, they've been willing to give back. And, you know, shout out to everyone for that.
2: Not Nautilcloud, yeah, that's we're using Noddle Cloud for our, our backend.
1: They're going to also be hosting the website. Um, yeah, BTC Pay Server, obviously, like, they, we didn't even have to ask them. They just, you know, we're using their tech. Um, CoinKite is a uh, founding partner
2: with us. Uh, BottlePay. Um, but ultimately, you know, I actually, what I want to see is I want to see the weaponization of the plebs. Like I want to see, you know, if we can get a thousand, two thousand plebs to give us $50, $25 a month, um, then all of a sudden we're not wed to any kind of corporate sponsors, uh, which I think would be pretty fucking cool. We'll still get the corporate donations, hopefully, and we'll still be encouraging them. Um, but it'd be cool if we just had this base. And I think it's something that the other organizations aren't really even attempting to address. Um, so I think it's a nice little niche for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it might be, um, it's like when people have a, well, even in like a religious context, sometimes people tithe their church, right? So it's kind of like a, you might be a stacker and you're out there stacking Bitcoin and then you tithe, a small amount to have uh, to have to keep the system running and to keep the thing developing and to keep, uh, uh, for example, I know that's that's always been a focus uh, in terms of Bitcoin core contributions. They're always looking for more people who are able to proactively engage and review the code and write tests and all of these kinds of things. You know, that can be historically that can be difficult to find someone with that
2: skill set. And it's like specifically we're, we're tapping into that flow, right? Because, you know, Stefan, Ben, like we know like that auto stacking flow is something that a lot of people have become comfortable with. And that's how they like to interact with Bitcoin. Well, now we're making it so you can auto stack directly into a dev fund, right? And so you have a portion for that and you have a portion for yourself. I feel like conceptually, it's very easy for people to understand. And just one thing I would add is just, you know, huge props to the seven other Bitcoiners that are on the board with us. I mean, uh, we've had a lot of work so far. I think we're going to have a lot more work ahead of us. I'm not sure if we all are aware of what we signed up for. Um, <laughs> I kind of was just like bullish. Let's fucking go. But, you know, uh, it, it's it's really I think it's really important to give back. And it's important that people that are in leadership positions and have an audience, you know, provide a proper example to, to everyone else. Because ultimately, this movement is bigger than all of us.
1: And I just wanna get this out of the way as well before we miss anyone. Some of the early people that supported us, Shake Pay, Coinkite, Greg Foss, Jeremy Rubin, John Pfeffer, Ledger, Noddle, Silvergate, Swan Bitcoin, Ten Thirty One, who's actually Um, this new kind of Bitcoin VC fund that's donating their management fees kind of in a DCA fashion. So long-term, they're contributing their, you know, uh, two and 20 or whatever percent they're taking. Um, And then especially shout out to um, Castle9, who is, he's, I think, CTO of Ducks Reserve. He's been helping build the entire website, the entire donation platform. So like amazing work on his part. He's contributed all his time for free. And then a couple anonymous people who don't want to be named, but um, we have an accountant that's doing all the backend work we already have a lawyer that stepped up to do pro bono and uh a designer um friend of mine who doesn't wish to be named uh, also <laughs> has been helping um on that front so like there's a lot of other people that have have really supported and helped but um you know just just like it, it's this community is amazing and i just want to make sure we get that out of the way so now we can now we can talk about whatever we want and no one will feel too upset <laughs> Well, I mean, even the whole, because that's the thing, Uh, if we were to rewind
0: the clock one or two years, there were discussions about this kind of thing, but it was always, ah, there's like there's a whole process around trying to get 501c3 charity status so that the donation is now tax deductible because that was the other thing people who wanted to give fiat wanted to get a donation get the uh tax deduction for that so i'm sure there has been a lot of work on on the part of you guys and the supporting people who you just mentioned to get that right
1: it's actually the Big, big disclaimer Big disclaimer, though, we are 501c3 pending. Uh, We are we are incorporated in North Carolina as a charitable organization. My my lawyer would kill me if I didn't say this. Uh, But uh, we are 501c3 pending. Um, So all donations, you know, given that we get approved by the IRS, which I think we will, um, you know, they will be tax deductible retroactively. But as of, as of today, as of this recording, we are not technically a 501c3. So just
2: to add on here, that is the path that Brink took. Square Crypto, I don't think, is 501c3. And HRF was already 501c3 from their human rights aspect. And then they bridged it in. So we're going the Brink path. Uh, to be clear here, Stefan, you said people want their fiat donations to be tax deductible. Actually, their big pull is in after a big bull market and people have big Bitcoin gains. They want their Bitcoin direct donations to be 501c3. But I actually think, and I said this to Ben, but Ben's really, you know, he's he's been really gung ho about 501c3 since the beginning. So I've just gone along with it. But I said to I, Ben, you know, I said to you from the very beginning, I think it doesn't really matter. I think ultimately, I don't care. I, you know, I've been giving through GitHub sponsors, just auto stacking today. Devs, um through credit card or whatever just like automatic because it was easy and i don't care about the donations like the the tax deductibleness part of it i think yeah. and, and it's only in the united states anyway that that we get
1: 501c3 <laughs> and the further we go in the, the more i'm actually on matt's side about this I- Almost all of the enterprises that I talk to—I've talked to a few big exchanges—none of which have jumped in yet. So, if you're out there, uh, you know who you're. You know who I'm talking to. But uh, most of them, most of them have basically said, like, you know, we we have creative ways to write this off, whether it's you know funding X, Y, or Z or development. Um, and then, like, personally, and I think. I don't speak for everyone, but I know at least a few other friends who are, you know, donating 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks here or there. I've never claimed like an itemized tax deduction. So I really don't care about the $50 a month donations. I think it's that weird middle ground um, of people who are maybe giving, you know, specifically doing this for for tax deductibility. And it's, it's uh, yeah, I think we if we see a really big Bitcoin bull run, that might be when um, 501c3 donations start to matter a, a little more. But I, I do think 90 um, ish percent of people probably you know won't be deducting there'll probably be a lot of anonymous donations i haven't heard one corporate like kind of person who who is like specifically mentioned that as a problem so i think it's just going to be a weird niche use case that hopefully we can help solve um but yeah it surprisingly hasn't hasn't come up in too many conversations it's like if if, yeah
2: if you donate through credit card and it's a small amount it's like who cares and then if you donate through bitcoin it just feels to me it just feels counterintuitive to bitcoin that like right now with hrf i was talking to our, our buddy Gladstein over there um, about it. And like, if you want a tax deductible Bitcoin donation through them, you pay their BTC pay server. And then you basically like reach out to them and ask for a receipt that like KYC's your Bitcoin to the, their donation. It just it feels anti ethical, antithetical to Bitcoin. It's like, I might as well just give fiat at that point, instead of, you know, doing that process. So
0: Yeah, right. So I think this would be in the case where they are a hodler and obviously we've just gone through a bull run and then they don't want to have to have a tax event because if they donate and then there's also a tax event, it's going to be like double whammy for them to make that donation. So I think that's for some people, they might want to donate 20, 30, 50k and not have to pay the Bitcoin and also have a tax event on that and that's that's i think that's what it's solving yeah. for some people and it may be that there's a bunch of you know maybe not super wealthy but call it high net worth bitcoin hodlers out there who want to donate but they don't want to like get they just don't want a double whammy hit when they donate that's all
1: there's two use cases i've actually seen that a 501c3 would be especially beneficial and the first is when like you just said when you want to donate let's just say 100k um and you have you know you can either sell your bitcoin and have a capital gains event and then you know donate hundred thousand thousand dollars in fiat, or you can just donate your Bitcoin directly and not actually have to cash out. And there's no capital gains. Um, And so that that actually, you know, you can actually send a lot more value to the charity in that case. And then the second reason I've actually seen, which is really clever, and I think I read about this from um, uh, the guys over at the giving block, which maybe I can send you the link. But it was just like a quick write up. But you can actually raise your cost basis uh, of your of your Bitcoin funds without um, without like taking any hit. So the idea here and and you you might have to like slow this down if you're listening to 2x feed or whatever. um, But essentially, if you, um, you know, if you want to donate. 10K uh, of Bitcoin. What you can do is... Um you can donate your like lowest cost basis coins, and then take that like ten thousand dollars tax write off, and then buy Bitcoin today with ten thousand dollars in fiat, which you would have otherwise donated, and raise your cost basis to whatever it is today. So there are a lot of people who are kind of um, you know cleverly uh, you know not paying the IRS. Well, I mean, if it's legal, let's um, you know I think people
0: should know about it, right? Because this may be a way that people can very legal otherwise. <laughs> minimize their tax burden and still, you know, maximize their sat stacking while donate, you know, that it might actually be a real big benefit there for people out there. Um, so well worth looking into for those of you who are perhaps in that situation where, you know, maybe a lot of your sats are KYC um, and you can legally kind of d- uh, do this strategy. It might actually help you that way. So yeah. You can always don- donate anonymously, yeah, too. well, that, too. Yeah. Um, so let's chat a little bit about some of the different skill sets and areas and Actually, that's the other thing. So if somebody is uh, looking on this on the website and I, I don't know things are early right now, we don't have like all the projects up there, but are you thinking that you might have different uh, pools that a person can donate into? So you might have the general one and then you might have, I don't know, Bitcoin Core or like what's the, what's the plan
1: there around uh, how to give people a choice in what they donate to? Whoops. Okay. Sorry. I was on mute there. Uh, so i think there's <laughs> there's a lot of long-term plans and there's a lot of short-term plans i think right now we're just trying to get any sort of kind of marketplace up so we want we want people to be able to you know donate directly to the projects that they you know that the board has approved that are good for bitcoin or good for the world that support our charitable cause and mission of supporting free and open source contributors and so we're going to get a bunch of uh, projects pre-listed there and then the the alternative is donate to the the general fund which we will give out in the form of kind of grants on a quarterly basis basis. And then Long-term, I think the the goal is kind of what what Matt and um, team did there at at Bitcoin DevList, which is we're actually already open source, kind of our our pre-launch site. Uh, But the idea is whenever we get the platform live, uh, there's already been a ton of feature requests. So um, there's this kind of weird problem where what if there are multiple contributors to one project? How are we distributing funds? And honestly, like we're just trying to build something. Um, And so there's going to be a lot of probably issues. There's going to be a lot of areas to improve. So um, there's going to be a lot of features that, that we could use community help to build out. But but one big thing that I'm really excited about is kind of like an initiatives page or a GoFundMe style page where... OpenSats can you know, choose a project like Bitcoin Beach, maybe, and uh, we can say we're going to raise 10 k for that. Or maybe it's a, a teacher in you know, some country that is teaching kids how to code on Bitcoin Core and they need laptops. And if that's an initiative we want to support, then we can kind of launch a specific project um, uh, there. And so we can kind of pick and choose in that way. We can pre-list and approve projects uh, where people come and apply to our site, or we can give grants directly. And, and that's what we have in mind so far. But honestly, who knows? Like, this has all happened within, I think, eight months. So, I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, amazing community uh, recommendations. And I'm just hoping people chip in and just build the things they want to see. Back to the show in a moment. Have you thought about your backups?
0: CypherSafe.io are producing the Cypher wheel product. So if you've invested in a Bitcoin hardware wallet and you've written down the 12 or 24 words on that little piece of paper, well, have you thought about what would happen if your place went up on fire or if there was a flood or if that piece of paper got thrown out or eaten by a pet? Well, think about keeping that in a metal backup product. So the Cypher wheel is a stainless steel wheel shaped product and you get some tiles and you slide them in, four for each word, and in this way, you can make sure that you can recover if there was an accident, or in the case that something happens to you, that your loved ones are able to access your Bitcoins. Go to cyphersafe.io and use the code lavera for a discount. So as the Bitcoin run goes on, it's important to think about our security and my friends over at Unchained Capital are building Bitcoin native financial services and they're doing it on a foundation of multi-signature. So you can create a vault using two different hardware wallets and Unchained can hold the third key and this allows you to access a whole new level of security by separating your keys. Now Unchained offer an concierge service where you can get help setting this up so they will ship you some hardware wallets they'll answer your questions and deposit a thousand dollars of bitcoin in your vault and if you use code levera you'll get a discount there also unchained also offer loans and they also offer advanced business accounts for those of you working with a company or a corporate you can move your treasury to bitcoin they've also got all sorts of material on their website like parker lewis's series gradually then suddenly so go to the website unchained.com And finally, my favorite Bitcoin hardware wallet, the Cold Card. You can get this at Coinkite.com. The Cold Card is one of the most recommended hardware wallets by Bitcoiners. It has all sorts of features like the ability to use it air-gapped. It can be used in a single signature situation or in a multi-signature setup with, say, Unchained or with other providers. Cold card can be used with popular wallets like Spectre or Sparrow or Electrum to do air gapped transactions. Go to coinkite.com and use the code Levera to get a discount on your cold card. Back to the show. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I also liked the, as you mentioned earlier, it's going more. Bitcoin native, right? Because everything is converted into Bitcoin and grants are being given in Bitcoin terms. Now, I think the obvious question now, not so much from the, if you're a hardcore orange pill person, you don't care. You'll just deal with the volatility. But from, for someone who's maybe just starting on their Bitcoin journey, they might feel this volatility, right? And even, even this, you know, this week or so, we've seen the drop from 60K down to uh, whatever, 30K or so at the bottom. For people who are new, that's a big deal, right? To go through a 50% drop. How's that going to work? For from a grants number go up perspective and trying to figure out, you know, the amounts and so on.
1: Yeah. I mean, what we yeah, have one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, Stefan. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> kind of, that's kind of what we think. Uh, You know, there's, there's always going to be weeks and, and uh, drawdowns, but if you zoom out a little bit, which I think almost every open source contributor um, has the ability to do, I mean, hell, they're, they're contributing their, their time freely for um something that probably a lot of, a lot of people will never even see their name on. Um, so I I think that like the goal here is to make sure that we like maximize, um, what we can in the long term, and I think, like if you're asking me, even with even with a fiat drawdown, I think most of these people are probably going to try and hodl any funds they receive. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of conversion back to fiat on the other side of this. That being said, we we are trying to automate. You know, be being 100% pass through. Um, we're trying to automate everything. Um, so we you know Silvergate is our is our bank. The second we uh, receive any fiat donations, we are attached to the Silvergate exchange network, which is this cool thing that lets you move money. To Twenty four seven to exchanges, um, uh, at least at least cryptocurrency exchanges, and um, our partner River. You know we're going to be moving fiat. Off our balance sheet as fast as possible, and yes, that means during weeks like this, um, technically our fiat, you know, value will go down, but our Bitcoin uh, stays the same, and that's really what what we care about, and what I think our contributors care about.
2: There, there's, you know, there's a couple of things here, right? You know, first of all, you got to start somewhere, right? And I think we're all trying to make this Bitcoin circular economy a reality. You know, we're all we're all living in a world where we want to see sats become the standard. So we want to practice what we preach, right? And so grants will be paid out in sats exclusively. Like if if a project doesn't want to receive sats, then they should go to some other organization. That Those contributors, those projects, they can go and they can convert sats to their local currency. They can do whatever they want with it after that. Then it's their sats, right? They can, they can do whatever they want. So if they want to hedge themselves, they can hedge themselves. As an organization, we will probably never be sitting on large amounts of funds to begin with. But if we are, you know, I, I think the upwards price movements of Bitcoin is a net benefit. Like we can see a situation, you know, I thought one thing that was really cool that, you know, I think Jack Dorsey did it, was it with Jay-Z? He did the African donation fund? Yeah, he, I think he gave, uh, was it 50 BTC? Or 500? Right, so remember. he gave 50 Bitcoin, like that endowment of 50 Bitcoin could just last forever if, if number keeps going up, right? As we expect it to. So it could end up being one of the largest endowments in the world, you know, at the end of the day. So I think it, it behooves us to to participate in that potenti- potential potential, um, practice what we preach, and also just on top of it, as a Bitcoiner, if I'm giving fiat to an organization that's supposed to be, you know, a Bitcoin first organization, like I think it's kind of cool that they're providing upward price pressure as 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 my donations are coming in like I just think that's like a little aspect that like sure like if you're you know a pre-corner and you're not exposed to Bitcoin yet uh you might think that think of that as a negative like why are you taking transaction fees when the US dollar is the best money in the world you know but as a Bitcoiner, to me that's a that's an extra selling point if I'm going to donate to open sats versus GitHub sponsors versus direct to someone's BTC pay with Bitcoin the fact that the organization is is auto stacking with my donations would be a net net positive Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: And we've already seen this, actually. Shout out to Greg Foss, who was actually the first person um, who who tangibly kind of gave something. And I'm not going to dox how much he gave or whatever. But it was, you know, it was way back when I kind of wanted to start this in August of last year, maybe September. And I reached out to him and no questions asked. He just he just sent over some Bitcoin. And I mean, you can kind of do the math yourself what the prices was in August, even after this massive drawdown of 50 percent in the last kind of week or so, you know. his, his donation has three X or at least in fiat terms. And, you know, had we, had we distributed it, you know, a month ago it would have been six or seven X. And so I think long-term we're going to trend in the right direction by, by holding fiat. And yeah, I I love, uh, (laughs) we're we're just market buying. So any fiat that touches our account, we're getting off it as fast as possible. We're not setting limits. We're not timing the market. We're just smash buying. So I think like, uh, everyone can kind of relate to that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. The, and just another anecdote, uh, you know, HRF. I remember last year they gave one Bitcoin to three different open source contributors, and at the time it was ten thousand dollars, right? And you know, so so the grant the grants that keep on giving. Um, and I think all you know, pretty much all of us in this space have you know we're at least operating on the assumption that we're expecting Bitcoin to you know continue to go up substantially over time and we understand it's going to be volatile short term so it is yeah and in
0: my discussions with people as well i've seen uh, as in on the recipient side most of them are very happy to take bitcoin right so it's really uh, it's um it's really more just about for people who are new to the space and then maybe they're not as hardcore into it that's that's probably the kind of question that they might be thinking about um and i guess the answer is well we just deal with the volatility for now we just stomach it and we know long term it's going up anyway so in purchasing yeah so yeah basically deal. yeah
1: the last piece is honestly though we we don't have a lot of balance sheet risk so because we're automating everything and a lot of uh, our banks our fiat like our, our payment processing our development our legal work everything is kind of being contributed free of cost and that's really where you know you want to you want to make sure you have enough fiat for your short-term fiat liabilities and we really don't have any. The only thing is payment processing. And we have a corporate sponsor, luckily, to, to pick that up. And so, you know, while while our, our balance sheet might go down in fiat terms, that really doesn't affect our operations. And um, we can we can feel safe just knowing we, we're hodling Bitcoin. And honestly, that'll that'll work out for us more often than it doesn't. But the the last the the automating operations and having people, you know, um, not charge us for the work they do has has really been helpful.
2: Two two other aspects. I just want to jump in here before we move on. Uh, the Ben keeps saying automated. Uh, one of the things that'll be nice. I'm expecting for this organization is if we do end up in a situation that I'm hoping for, where we have a thousand, two thousand plebs giving a constant amount every month. It's kind. It's a. It's a nice situation to be in as a nonprofit because we have you know expected cash flow. We know like where what money is going to come next instead of like one big grant from a whale or one big grant from an exchange that that might be in between like 10 weeks or 20 weeks between we get the next big one. So it's kind of nice that we have this expected cash flow. And I said in the beginning, circular economy, and just to, to explain that a little bit better for the listeners, you know, I think at scale, right, if we're talking 2,000, 3,000 plebs are giving $50, $50 a month, right? 3,000 plebs giving us $50 a month is $150,000 that is auto going into Bitcoin, and that is available for open source contributors that are outside of Bitcoin, right? So all of a sudden at scale, you end up in a situation where open source contributors, some of the smartest people globally that are looking for money that are in projects that are helpful for Bitcoiners, but that are not exactly Bitcoin related, it's 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 going to create an adoption wave among them because they're going to need to learn how to accept Bitcoin if they want a grant from us. So if we're offering them you know, $25,000, $30,000 that they really need, they're going to go out and figure out how to use Bitcoin. And who Who knows? Maybe their project ends up incorporating Bitcoin more. Maybe their next project, you know, is Bitcoin related. So I think um, it can create a really nice viral feedback loop because we're going as Bitcoin only as I think reasonable possible right now. Which is we're still accepting fiat on the inroad, but that's it. It's just automatically converting to sat.
0: Yeah, I like that idea, and I certainly agree that there is a network effect benefit to having this as a Bitcoin-focused organization. Uh, So when it comes to giving grants there are different approaches I have seen. Some in the space take a, we're going to pay you this grant for this specific outcome, or we want you to work on this specific thing. And then other people in the space just take it as like, a, we know you're working on Bitcoin Core as a maintainer. Here's money. You decide what you think is best. What kind of approach are you guys looking at? And how are
1: you thinking about that? Right now, I think we're we're still figuring it out. We've, we've asked for a lot of feedback from the community, as well as our donors who who have who have given to us already, um, as well as some of the, like kind of the enterprise level donors who might be given the bigger chunks. And a couple people have, have expressed um, kind of concern with the fully open model, where it's just give the money away and and hope that the person keeps contributing. And some people like the idea of kind of having no strings attached. I I think we're trying to find a healthy middle ground. That being said, we don't have all the answers here. We (laughs) we're kind of uh, iterating as we, as we go along, but um, some of the few things that, that we think we can kind of, at least that we're putting into place now are um, we're only going to be paying out, I think in, in monthly um, kind of increments, and we are going to expect some sort of, um, results from the from the developers or the contributors in 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 some sense So we are going to be kind of tracking what you do it's not going to be we're not going to be like over your back hovering um but the idea is uh basically we would love like a a monthly update or potentially a quarterly update or we'd love you to help contribute to some community content or 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 some some sense of like giving back to the community but I, i think it's it's going to be an iterative thing um no one has the perfect solution and when we're not pretending like we do, but, uh, I I do have a little like, and this is my personal opinion. The reason we've got a huge board is because other people feel differently. But, um, you know, I speak for myself here. I I like the idea of trying to attach some milestones and, and things to, um, any money given out and then kind of, um, having some sort of baseline expectation of, of results. But uh, again, Matt might feel totally differently. And, you know, our seven other board members I'm sure have their own opinions and that's kind of the beauty of it. And yeah.
2: We have, we have very strong opinions on our board. Uh, I don't think we've listed the board members yet. We'll do that in a second. But uh, just I, I tend to agree with everything Ben said in the fact that I think it's going to be iterative and we're going to figure it out as we go. And, and you know, I, we want the whole project to be as as open as possible to you know resemble the open source community that we're trying to support. Um, so we're going to be taking a lot of commentary um, in terms of, of reports. I really like the aspect on GitHub sponsors that, that they, they you can optionally give them your email and they can email you updates if you're supporting them, which I think it makes you way more... It's like a Patreon aspect, you know, where it makes you feel like way more involved with the process. Um, and that's not even like a policing updates thing. That's just provides a better connection between the donor and the receiver of of the donation. Um, So that's something that we're going to work towards. I mean, it's not going to be in the original, you know, in the the beginning, uh, the beginning product that we have, but that's the goal. Coming forward. And then um, the other the other thing that I wanted to add was that me personally, I like the idea of more open ended, less strings attached donations. That's just my personal preference. And I think the best way to mitigate concerns there about the donations, uh, you know, not really going to a, a beneficial cause is that you keep them on the smaller side. So rather than giving out, you know, one huge donation, one huge grant, you give them smaller grants that are paid out over time. Um, and then there's more reputational risk on the line there, right? Like if they're not doing something six months down the line, then the grants stop or something to that effect. Yeah. But these 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 details are all going to be iterated on Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I guess just to spell out some of the different concerns and
0: from different perspectives that I have seen, some developers in the space say, well, the kind of work I do, it doesn't necessarily have a defined you know outcome or it might be review time and so maybe then the outcome is more or it's they don't want to have too many strings attached because they they feel like that's not really reflecting the actual work that they've done or in other cases it might be they contributing to Bitcoin Core but Bitcoin Core doesn't necessarily have to take you know the other contributors or let's say they are the other reviewers or the maintainers of the project are saying well we don't want that particular thing in or that you know things can get held up and so that's one of their concerns but then and then obviously on the donate side, they want to feel they might want to feel like oh, I, I want, I'm paying for this certain outcome. How come I'm not getting, you know? So I guess that's some of the different concerns that people might have. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's not um, people still find a way to make it work. And, you know, in maybe in some cases, it will be a, tied to a specific project. Or in other cases, it will be a bit more open-ended if that is what makes sense in that context.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's going to be messy. Uh, I think that's kind of unavoidable, but we're going to try our best and we're going to be as open as possible, which I think is is you know the two main things you really have to do and i just to add there i mean one big concern i see from the dev community is is this idea of stability um, that they don't wanna be rug pulled on their grant. You know, they wanna know, you know, they're gonna be able to pay their rent and they're gonna be able to focus on this work. Um, so it's it's important for us to have a balance where we can provide the the contributors, the, res- the recipients of the grants, we can provide them some stability and some cer- certainty, you know, and give them good communication on our end. Um, but at the same time, we're gonna to have to keep them honest and that's never gonna be a clean process and we're just gonna to have to do our best. And, and the board was selected as people that, you know, are more familiar with with this kind of work and that are already in this world. Um, and so hopefully it'll provide a better, um, you know, communication, but better, but the incentives will be better aligned than some of the other attempts in the past.
1: Yeah. And early on, I did a lot of talking to um, some core devs specifically uh, about, you know, how they, how they would prefer to be funded in and in the the overwhelming response that I got, it wasn't unanimous, like no things are in this community. Um, but you know, most people did prefer to have kind of a steady stream of modest income that was predictable, kind of, you know, plebs donating $50 a month uh, in a recurring fashion rather than maybe just maybe getting a 200K grant from an exchange um, or something along those lines. And so that's really the model that that we're trying to replicate. Uh, for the most part, we will be giving out grants, uh, probably capping them to make sure that um, no one person or one project gets like Overfunded, um, and, and we leave anyone else behind. But I, I, I just think that, like, again, the the biggest thing we have to stress is we don't know everything. Uh, we want community feedback. We want everyone to kind of voice their opinion. And um, you know, we're gonna we we if if you look at the board, like the the reason I selected kind of everyone to come on is because I think everyone has. Everyone, first of all, is, is an amazing Bitcoiner and um, I think they'll keep us honest and we're, we're just absolutely going to do our best. And like that, we can promise you. Um, we can't promise you we're going to do it perfectly, but we're, we're definitely going to try and we're not going to take a cent while we do it. So I think, um, yeah. I think those are all important things. So speaking of the board, let's talk a little bit about who is on the board, what
0: kind of skill sets they have, what they are known for. Do you want to just uh, talk a little bit about that?
2: So we have... Um, On the board, we have Janine, your listeners. Has Janine been on the show yet? No, actually, I do need to get her on at some point. Yeah. So Janine's a co-host of the Block Digest, um, one of the longest-running Bitcoin shows. I mean, I think that's it's been around forever, and she has a huge privacy focus, tons of respect for her. She she has this new month-in-review uh, month, uh, month in review Bitcoin privacy uh, newsletter that's fantastic that everyone should go subscribe to. Um, I guess I'm just... She was the one person I thought we weren't going to get. I thought she was going to
1: be way too... Pri-
2: <laughs> I didn't think she would say yes, for uh, sure. Well, yeah, I, I can go down the list I here. I,
1: I've got it in front of me. Um, so our, like... Our, James O'Byrne is kind of an amazing Bitcoin core contributor. Uh, he just released some awesome work about, uh, I think it was, U, uh, was it Utrexo? Matt, I, I heard it on your latest TFTC, um, how, how the block sync was sped up. He did some work. No, I assume Utrexo is his one. Yeah. yeah. So he, like, so... He, Essentially, James is an amazing Bitcoin core contributor. Um, he's on the board. And sh- extra shout out to James and anyone who is an actually open source contributor. They've all agreed to like not be funded through the organization. So while we hope to you know fund everyone, anyone and everyone, we are trying to avoid conflict of interest. And so that that means that anyone who who jumped on board um, in a board capacity is is not going to be receiving funding. So there's James, who's our Bitcoin core kind of person. Lisa Negat, she's she's really big at uh, Blockstream. And um, the, she's a Sea Lightning contributor. Uh, Matt Odell, uh, you know he's all right. um, <laughs> uh, um she's she's also kind of on the on the software side. But then we also have uh, I don't know if some of these people don't love their names going out there, so I'll, I'll try and give their nims. Um, uh, Dread, uh, which uh, his Twitter tag is Pole Vault Dream. Um, he kind of identifies as a global advocate for Bitcoin Core. He was just down in El Salvador with Jack and Peter, um, and has been kind of uh, reading up and figuring out the game plan for Bitcoin Beach and figuring out, you know, how we can help replicate that in, in other cities and areas uh, around the globe. Uh, Matt mentioned Janine, um, who I guess I, I have written down here, like investigative journalist. She's an amazing privacy advocate. Katan, who, uh, Stefan, I'm sure you know a lot about. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's kind of our open source guru who he's been helping manage our BTZ pay. He's been, um, you know, we're trying to implement LNURL pay right now, which has been a huge pain we're trying to get our QuickBooks integration going with BTC Pay. So Katon has been doing a lot of that work as long as along with Elaine. So shout out to them. Uh, and then myself, uh, who's you know probably the least impressive out of everyone. And then last but not least, we've got we've got like our marketing evil genius. Uh, you gotta leave
2: the shit corner to yeah, last.
1: Yeah, Udi, uh, Udi. So um, you know, he's, <laughs> he kind of brings a little bit of character to the team, and, and uh, he'll keep us all honest. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get him to take over the Twitter account so the world benefits from that. Because I'm not a uh, not very funny, uh, so I think uh, I think Udi should should take the reins there soon. He can drive some engagement by uh, you know trolling people.
0: Yeah. So in terms of projects, I mean, I guess a bit more of an open question. What would you guys like to see in the Bitcoin and Lightning and privacy and what or, or other related technologies? What kinds of things do you want to see come to Bitcoin?
1: I. I, this is where I think the board's going to differ all over the place. And that's, what's, that's, what's beautiful. I also think that the community is going to have differing opinions from us, which is why we want to allow you to donate specifically to the projects you want to see funded. Um, personally, uh, I really, really, really hate chain analysis. Um, one of the one of the main reasons I love Visa uh, is is kind of the the corporate lifestyle and, and the fact that they play really nice with banks and the regulators. Um, you know, Bitcoin is here; it's for everyone, and I'm all about the privacy tech. I, I love the projects that are really promoting that, the projects that allow people to join into this permissionless net, uh, network in a in a bankless fashion. Um, without any like kind of oversight from anyone. And um, so I'm going to be pushing hard on both privacy things. And then I think like um, if you if you kind of have a US centric uh, view of things, things get a little skewed. And, and at least, you know, over here, as, as I live in the States right now, at least, I think we all, or some of us suffer from um, kind of US based projects. But I think if you if you zoom out and try and have a global view, a lot of times sats or dollars, whatever you want to call it, funding goes a lot further um, in, in places overseas. And I think um, so far, what I've seen from some projects in the space is, is maybe uh, what I perceive is like overfunding kind of popular projects and so i really hope that um, we can have like a global mindset um, really try and cap funding and spread it uh you know wide as opposed to uh just a few people at the at the core who, who maybe we've all heard of because there are so many people out there doing amazing things and um, i just want to make sure maybe it's a thousand dollars that really lets someone spend the next few months on on a project and um, those are the kind of people that that i hope to push forward but every single board member everyone in the community is gonna have a differing opinion so i'm curious to hear what matt says actually
2: yeah i mean uh the cool part about the board is it's a very a lot of independent thinkers so i expect a lot of spirited debate going forward uh but i mean i think any of the listeners that know me knows you know what i'm interested in and and i just basically co-sign exactly what ben said he he kind of just pulled the words right out of my mouth you know dissident tech freedom stuff you know all the good shit let's you know let's 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 help create the world that you know we want our yeah. children to live in. So, from a privacy perspective, then, uh, it, what what
0: in, what appeals to you guys is it? Um, as an example, would it be getting more pay join adoption into wallets out there so that you can break the heuristic, or is it you know uh, having better or more coin join options? Uh, is there anything in particular you guys like or you would want to see?
2: Yeah, so we need more coin join tools. Uh, we need more pay join adoption, of course. Um, I would love to see a wallet that, for instance, has like CoinJoin and Lightning in the same wallet. You know, I would love to see Lightning wallets that are more focused on the the privacy side. You know, I also, you know, one thing Ben didn't mention that I know he agrees with me on that I would love to see is that I would I would love to see just easier UX and easier accessibility that doesn't sacrifice on the privacy side, right? Like I want I want you know people to be able to download a mobile wallet, get their first Bitcoin, um, and not have to be the most technical person in the world and still do relatively good privacy best practices, right? And I think you see that in some projects that might not advertise themselves as privacy projects, and they're not really focused on it yet, but with a little bit of... You know, a little bit of, of, of focus on on that aspect and trying to you know just iron out the privacy aspects of it a little bit. You can end up in a situation where you have good UX and relatively good privacy. And and the project that I'm specifically thinking of in this case is something like a Moon Wallet, uh, M U U N, which is not meant to be a privacy wallet at all. It re- right now requires Google services. Uh, you know, if you use Calyx, you can use it with Micro G, but like it requires Google services. Like, no privacy wallet should you know have Google services incorporated in it. But the UX is dead. Dead simple and it it bridges lightning and on chain, right? So, all these different things. I mean, we have a very open ended mission. Um, I think the cool part about open source projects is that um, you just have a lot of heads going in a lot of different directions all the time, you know, state chains, it would be really cool to see a state chain implementation, it would really be really cool to see a coin joint implementation on liquid, maybe tools that allow you to consolidate UTXOs that are under that that a bunch of UTXOs uh, and consolidate them in some kind of privacy focused way that doesn't completely destroy your privacy and is easy UX. Um, so, you know, I think the cool part about this board is this board lives and breathes this shit already, right? And we're we're looking at all of these different projects and watching them develop. And a lot of times we're you know we're friendly with the developers and the contributors, and we see where their heads at, and we're and we see where that's that's going. And I think we'll have very good communication between the projects and us and the donees. And as a result, we'll be able to, you know, it just keeps coming back to aligning incentives. I think we'll be able to kind of work off of each other. And, and, and maybe it's not just a money thing. Maybe it's also, uh, you know, like a feedback kind of loop where people are going back and forth and seeing like, you know, what is needed, what is wanted kind of thing.
1: And Matt, Matt touched on some important things there that I think kind of help answer your question, Stefan, Without, without directly supporting any sort of privacy initiatives, there are so many contributors that are contributing in fashions that like in an ancillary way, still push forward privacy tech. So maybe you're a taproot developer, maybe you're a code reviewer, maybe you're a security researcher, or perhaps you're a a UX designer um, on any of these projects. That's one thing that we have left out up until this point that um, kind of falls under OpenSats is, purview uh, which is we we have a broad definition of who is a contributor I mean my my background is product management I am not a tech guy um, by trade I, I'm not getting deep in the weeds I'm not the guy who's who's auditing code when you say um you know don't trust verify I'm trusting other people unfortunately um but but what I you know what I do in, in a day-to-day fashion is typically you know how can I how can I get my mom to use a Bitcoin wallet um, in, in a privacy focused way way uh that that doesn't you know sell all of her utxo data to a third party or um, so. So I guess the, the main point that I'm I'm trying to stress here is it's not just core developers that we're funding. It is um, designers. It is reviewers. It is researchers. It's really anyone who's contributing to free and open source software and giving their time to improve it in any way, shape or form. And I think that like every single project benefits from a great designer working on Bitcoin or a great Code reviewer reviewing code, or a great uh, security researcher at the protocol level. Every product, whether you're second, third, twenty-fifth layer, um, you get you get ancillary benefits from that. And I think that's that's a niche we wanted to fill as well. Which is, you know, we see com- organizations like Brink. They're kind of more focused on developers. Uh, square I think has a, has a little bit more of a design focus hrF is a little more focused on privacy we we just want to make sure if you're a contributor you're represented um you know you might not you might not make a million dollars a month through our platform but you you will have an avenue to get funding and if you prove yourself if you if you show people that that you're doing good work then um, you know our, our our hope is that the community will see that it um, will at least try and make it easier with our platform. And, you know, if, you if you're really underfunded, because you're just super unpopular, I guess, for some reason, or like, your just name isn't out there, you're doing unsexy work, quote, unquote, like code reviewers, maybe, um, you know, ideally, the, the board will kind of notice that and we can step in and, and help fund the projects that really are doing work that that we perceive to be, you know, extremely helpful but underfunded. So yeah. And so, how about
0: from a now we touched on this earlier, but non-bitcoin projects? Obviously, not shitcoins, but we're talking about you know things that enable our sovereignty. <clears throat> Do you want to elaborate a little bit? Uh, and maybe this is not necessarily OpenSat's perspective, but your personal perspectives as board members. What kinds of things would you be looking for there from a non-bitcoin perspective?
2: I mean, so. So from I mean my opinion is I think it's I I thought it was relatively straightforward but that you know the the idea is like in, stuff like encryption secure hardware uh so like there's uh there's this guy Bunny Studios like he's working on you know open hardware platform uh that that would allow us to like kind of have the the advantages of something like a hardware wallet with a secure element, but it'd be open, um, and that's not a Bitcoin only thing, right? That's not even Bitcoin focused at all. Tor, a Tor replacement, you know, Tor, I think, is uh, a great project and something we rely on heavily. It'd be nice if we had some alternatives to it. Uh, secure messaging, uh, people don't realize, you know, if I need to send you a Bitcoin address, how am I sending you the Bitcoin address? If I'm going to send you a Lightning invoice. How am I sending you a Lightning invoice? So I think all those are pretty obvious. Uh, I think but it could go broader than that too right uh I think you know uh distributed social media you know what then maybe the next Mastodon or something uh that that has better trust aspects to it um you know we have Fiat Jaff who's a Bitcoin developer working on something called Noster I probably pronounced it incorrectly but that that's it's, the idea is like a kind of distributed Twitter that is more censorship resistant. I think for the projects that are listed, like in our so-called marketplace, this idea where you can earmark, we're going to be more loose about it. You know, as long as they're not scams uh, and they are generally in the good direction, we'll list them. And if you want to donate to them, there'll be a very good transparent description of, of what you're donating to. Um, then so be it. You know, you're you're a Bitcoiner. You should, you should be able to earmark where you want to earmark. On the general fund there are going to be very spirited discussions about these things and it's going to it's going to be way more critical i think you know pure pure bitcoin projects are obviously going to have the the upper hand in those kind of allocation discussions uh just naturally because we're all bitcoiners and i think that as a board member myself i think there's going to be a there's going to there's going to have to be like a, a pretty good justification of why we're don't you know, why we're giving a, especially if it's a larger grant, why we're giving a larger grant out of the general fund to maybe a, a tertiary project. You know, we're going to have to explain ourselves. And I think ultimately the biggest check here is that we should be as transparent as possible. And that way, you know, if we do act in bad faith, the community can just fucking shut us down and just stop donating. And I, 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 so I think ultimately the single most important thing we can do here is is be as transparent as possible.
1: Yeah, Matt. Matt listed a ton of things there, and. Honestly, he's way more plugged into the the privacy and kind of open source community than I am. And you know, another thing that comes to mind is like uh, that that I really love personally is like revision control journalism. I think uh, we've started to see even like central banks redacting like comments and and adding things in after speeches. Um, that it's just it's just getting ridiculous out here. And so anything that's free and open source and supports the world, I think I think one other thing we're gonna focus on is is people that kind of you know give back. Learning uh, like education materials to the community that that is. Uh, it takes a lot of time and effort and, and work like shit. They, they put in proof of work to put up all these FAQs and tutorials. Like these are things that benefit the community as well. And, and while they might not be deep in the weeds coding, honestly, deep in the weed coders don't help me that much. Like what helps me is, is someone who comes in and shows me how to set up a node or like shows me how to work on layer two, because, you know, most people um, aren't going to be contributors to Bitcoin core at the end of the day. They're, they're trying to do their part. They're trying to be, you know, privacy oriented and focused. They might be trying to flash their their phone um, and get off kind of Google um, operating system, but that stuff's hard. And so, um, I think each and every board member uh, brings a, a kind of unique perspective into the, the different kind of um, ancillary Bitcoin technologies that they want to see supported. And the best thing is, is like, we have nine board members, like none of us are going to capture, we're, we're not going to capture the full market of products out there. So the best thing you can do is if you are working on something that's awesome. And, and again, it has to be free and open source. Um, but if you're working on that, and, and you think it kind of fits into the mission, come, come like apply. And I I think you'll be surprised that um as long as you as long as you're helping the world as long as your software or whatever you're providing is free and open source um you'll be you'll be welcomed with support. Awesome. Well uh, yeah, look that sounds great. Um I'm encouraging listeners
0: to sign up as a contributor and I think the key one here is uh, as as you guys were saying earlier, is to have people who are regularly contributing and kicking in some sats every month or, you know, some fiat every month. And uh, that's the way this thing can build up. So uh, for listeners who want to find you guys online, where can they uh, sign up and become a contributor?
1: Right now, uh, our our like kind of pre-launch website is live. It's opensats.org. If you screw up and uh, do opensats.com, anything like that, it'll all get redirected. I uh, I snagged all the domains, uh, so opensats.org is where we are right now. Right now, the website is live for contributors to free and open source software. Well, it's open for anyone to come check us out. It's kind of a a simple landing page, but we're really pushing for anyone working on projects, any contributors, to come and um, fill out kind of an application to pre pre-listed and um, in the background again castle 9 is working uh double time to actually get our our donation platform live um, so ideally our goal is to have something live before Bitcoin 21 we you know we may or may not hit that deadline but very very soon um, our our platform with projects listed where you can donate with your you know debit or credit cards or via BTC pay server with Bitcoin or lightning um, that'll all be live uh, very soon and and um, yeah, it's it's still going to be opensats.org, but again, we're going to we're we're welcoming contributors right now to to list their projects to be pre-listed and kind of vetted. And um, donors can can kind of come there and, and check out the board, check out the early sponsors. And if you have any interest in giving back, whether you're a designer, a developer, if you're a lawyer, if um and you know any any way you want to give back, um some people have reached out and just want to want to give some Bitcoin. Um right now, there's there's no no way to directly donate yet, just because we're still working on automation all the back end accounting things. But if you reach out directly at donate at opensats.org um, or contact at opensats.org or I mean shit, my, my email's Ben at opensats.org. Feel feel free to hit me up and um, you know we'll we'll make something work.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, um, I'll put those links in the show notes uh, so listeners can, uh, you know, either contribute fiat or if they are a you know person contrib- contributing on an actual project or they're coding or doing some other contribution, they can perhaps reach out there if they want to get <clears throat> to be supported. Um, I plan to sign up as well as a, you know, as a pleb supporting. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the idea and uh, wish you guys all the best with it. And thanks for joining me
1: on the show today. Hey, we appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Stefan. Appreciate you. So please do consider
0: supporting OpenSAT or any other Bitcoin development initiatives that you see and that you are passionate about. Get the show notes for my show at stefanlevera.com slash 278. As always, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you leave me five stars and a review that helps new people find me also. Thanks, and I will see you guys in the Citadels.